Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, Daily DDT. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Can't complain. We are officially... Uh, on the road to WrestleMania 36, uh, we had to go home raw last night. Obviously, it did not feel like a normal go home uh, raw for WrestleMania, but uh, neither here or there. We have WrestleMania 36 this weekend, both on Saturday and Sunday. I, I still don't know what the card is for both days, unless I try to find it within the hour, but. Um, Let's get right to it, man. Um, 16 matches, even though I assume WrestleMania, the matches have already happened, but we're still going to act like it hasn't happened. So um, no spoilers as of yet. So we don't know who um, is the winner. So let's go right down the card. Uh, 16 matches in total. Um, you probably get eight on Saturday, eight on Sunday. I think it's three and a half hours per, uh, per, per night. So... You got Otis and Dolph Ziggler. Not a match I'm looking forward to like that, but it, it, it's on the card. <laughs> Who you got winning, man? Um, I got Otis. I can almost guarantee you that if Mania is still a one-day show in Tampa, this would have been on the kickoff show, obviously. Right. Um, but I will say, though, the match itself isn't incredibly exciting, especially without a crowd there, because I assume this is where they're going to do the payoff with Sonya and Otis and uh, Mandy and Ziggler, where they reveal in some form or fashion, whether it's on this show or the post-WrestleMania SmackDown, that Sonya was behind it the whole time and that uh, she kind of sabotaged the date between Otis and Mandy. Mm. So she will, and I think I feel like you will end up with Mandy at one point or another, Otis, that is. Um, I don't know if you do it here or if you do it on the SmackDown after Mania. Either way, uh, the match itself really isn't the focus. That being said, though, um, I think this has been the best storyline period on SmackDown. I mean, that's not saying much because SmackDown really hasn't had um, much to get excited about in recent months. The Brian and Gulak thing has been pretty good in, you know, in recent weeks. But Otis, though, and Mandy, they've been doing a great job with this storyline. Ziggler and Sonya playing their roles well as well. Um, it should be a fine match. I feel like Otis has to win here. It doesn't have to win, but I feel like it would make sense for him to win with the help of Mandy Rose or whatever, maybe inadvertently. Um, and that's what leads to the payoff on the subsequent SmackDown. So I would have Otis win here. Ziggler, it's funny. After God knows how many years, dude, of being in this company, has never had until now a one-on-one -on -one match at WrestleMania. He finally gets it. It's against Otis in front of absolutely nobody. So I feel for the guy. But um, Otis has to win here. And Otis has only been on the main roster for a little over a year. And he's already getting a singles match at WrestleMania, which is amazing, right. in my opinion. But, yeah, I got to have Otis go over here. All right. Uh, the Kabuki Warriors against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Uh, women, uh, tag team title match for women's. I mean, it honestly doesn't even matter. These right. titles are completely pointless. Um, I like the Kabuki Warriors, um, but they really... 
really haven't done a lot with those titles in months. I think their last televised title defense, if I'm not mistaken, would have been in the main event of TLC three or four months ago. That's how long it's been when they beat uh, Charlotte and Becky. Mm. Other than that, they really haven't had a whole lot of defenses. They're on TV more than they, you know, the Iconics were when they were champions. Uh, they've won more matches than the Iconics. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross were actually the team that the Kabuki Warriors beat to win the belts in the first place, um, you know, six months or so ago in like October at Hell in the Cell. They haven't really mentioned that at all, um, if you know what whatsoever. But uh, I, I I could see Alexa and Nikki Cross winning just because who else is there left for the Kabuki Warriors to face? But at the same time, though, I ask the question: What happens with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross? Who do they face at that point, you know? So I would keep the belts in the Kabuki Warriors. I'm not mm. 100% confident in that, but I'll just go out on a limb and say they retain. We have Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, Intercontinental Championship. This one is another one that could go either way. Mm -hmm. um, it would be cool, and I think it's only inevitable that we see the belt back on Bryan. But we've seen the belt change hands now twice in the span of a few months. True. Neither title change really meaning anything. You know, remember Strowman beat Nakamura for the belt back in January. I mean, it was a cool moment for him, but who the hell could possibly care? Because, again, Nakamura was another guy that was a champion for so long but never defended the damn thing, was never on the show. And when he was on the show, he lost. Right. So it's like, who could possibly give a shit? Then Sammy wins the belt in the kind of like fluky fashion, the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. And I love Sami Zayn, but he's been booked to look like such a loser over the last year or so. That, again, it's hard to care about him being a champion. Um, but I think you can keep Brian in chase mode for a little longer without doing the payoff here. Him and Gulak have a great thing going. So if nothing else, that is one thing to look forward to about this match. In the ring, this would be a great match. But, um, you know, I think they're kind of going for, oh, Sammy can't be touched or whatever. Like, I don't even think Strowman got his hands on him in that entire Elimination Chamber um, that that match they had at the pay per view last or you know earlier this month whatever. Mm -hmm. So I, I think Brian, Sammy will find a way to win. I, I could see Brian winning and that would be fine too because Brian never really got the run with the IC title that he should have five years ago because uh, he won the belt at WrestleMania 31 almost five years ago exactly, and then he had to lose it or vacate it rather right after because he got hurt and then he retired. So there was a big story there to tell Brian as champion. I would not go there just yet. You could, but I think it's more likely that Sami Zayn walks out still the champion. Then we have uh, Elias and King Corbin at WrestleMania. This, again, another match I could not give two shits about. It Likewise. really doesn't matter who wins. I'm going to say Elias just because we've seen Corbin get his WrestleMania moment multiple times. He won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal in his debut at WrestleMania four years ago. And he also you know, retired Kurt Angle a year ago. So he doesn't really have much to gain from this. Uh, we've already seen him versus Roman Reigns. You know, may maybe you can try again with him as a main event guy down the road. Not right now, as long as he's King Corbin. Why not go with Elias? And Elias is not going to be a future world champion either, but... I would rather see Elias beat a guy like King Corbin than a John Cena because right. that was the whole original plan to do Elias and Cena. This makes more sense for Elias. It's not a match I care about, mm -hmm. but I can't say I would have cared about Cena and Elias anymore. So I think Elias goes over, gets his quote-unquote WrestleMania moment, and then hopefully we can move on from this. And then we got um, Aleister Black, Bobby Lashley. Also at WrestleMania, I don't know what the background of, the, of this is, but apparently it's on the card. What do you think? 
<laughs> Absolutely no reason for this to happen aside from just getting Alistair Black and Bobby Lashley on the card. Um, I like both guys. Black, I feel like, has to win, though. He's been squashing these losers on TV for weeks. Bobby Lashley has almost no momentum at all. Um, Black, aside from that one loss to AJ a month ago on Raw, has been undefeated on the main roster. So I feel like you have to have Alistair Black go over in his uh, WrestleMania debut. Uh, I'm sorry, not his. I, mean, I got to take that back. He wrestled last year. Last year, yeah. So he, he he did. This is his second match in Mania, his first singles match. But he has to win regardless. So I take I take that back. Okay. Um, Raw tag team titles: uh, the Street Profits against Austin Theory and Angel Garza. I think it was supposed to be Andrade, but he's out with an injury. So it's Theory and Garza, Street Profits, Raw tag team titles. The Profits just won the belts a month ago, not even. Right. So I feel like they have to retain here. Not only that, but obviously Garza, Garza and Andrade would be one thing because they have the Zelina Vega connection. With Andrade hurt and you plug Theory in there, mm-hmm. it makes no it makes no sense. I like Austin Theory. I think he's a nice up-and-comer in NXT. The issue is that, one, he just debuted like two months ago. Two, no one really knows who he is. We have not, we don't know anything about this guy. Not right. even in NXT do we know anything about this guy. Three, he's not ready for the main roster. And four, um, what was the other thing I was going to say? I don't remember, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it's just random. Like, why? I mean, like, maybe because he lives in Orlando and they didn't uh-huh. really have any other options. Like, it was just, it came completely out of nowhere. It's clearly a filler spot um, just to, Get them on the Mania card. So anyway, I think the Street Profits will retain the titles here. Uh, I agree. We also have the SmackDown Tag Titles Triple Threat Ladder Match. The Miz and Morrison, New Day, and the Usos. I'm not sure if the Miz is going to be involved. I heard he was sick prior. I, I don't know. Um, I heard a rumor that it might just be one person from each tag team. I don't even know. But if it is Miz and Morrison, New Day, and the Usos, all six, who do you got? Yeah, I heard that as well. I heard Miz was sick that he had to pull out. Um, if that's the case, I mean, even if Miz was in the match, I mean, it sucks because this match really could have been an awesome match with or without a crowd, with it being a ladder match. Again, completely random. Yeah. Completely random. They fucking love their ladder matches, dude. We've seen like 10 of them in WWE, including NXT, including NXT UK, over the last year. Um, but this should be good, though, regardless of who's involved. I would have just had it be Morrison versus everyone else, um, like both members of New Day, both members of Usos, just because Miz is sick. Why? I don't know. Why Why have it turn into a triple threat like a normal triple threat? That doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, especially since we've seen uh, multi-team, you know, multi-team uh, tag team TLC matches before. I think they did a fatal four-way tag team TLC match on Raw one time, and Kane won like by himself or something. So anyway, um, I think... You know, Miz and Morrison, they just won the belts a month ago, and I would love for them to retain. The issue is that they already beat every team already inside the Elimination Chamber. So I don't really know where you go from there with these guys. Um, So I think if I had to change the belts, the New Day have already been champions. I mean, the Usos have been champions God knows knows how many times as well. Mm -hmm. The New Day were just champions. The Usos have not been the SmackDown Tag Team champions in about a year. So I would put the belts on him here. And um, again, if Miz and Morrison aren't going to retain, the Usos, in my opinion, are the best bet. Uh, I, I think if if everybody performs, I think Miz and Morrison should retain. Again, we don't know about the Miz. But if you uh, if it were up to me, I would, I would pick the Miz and Morrison because they just 
got the belts, as, as you mentioned uh, recently. Uh, what else we got here? Hmm, where else can I go? All right, Bailey, Lacey, Naomi, Sasha, Tamina, Fatal Five Way elim- Elimination Match for the SmackDown Women's Title. Uh, again, another match that just got put together. There's no reason why Lacey and Naomi and Tamina are in there. Um, I get they don't do Bailey and Sasha one on one inside an empty arena. You kind of say that for maybe SummerSlam. Uh, I got Bailey retaining I don't see anybody well you know what the only person that would win is Sasha but I don't think Sasha would win it in this kind of environment I don't think they would waste it on that but you know you just never know so I'll go Bailey as of right now who you got the thing is dude is that it's not like they're saving Bailey and Banks for a full arena because they were already planning on doing this fatal five way months ago. Uh-huh. I mean, not months ago, but at least a weeks before they went to the PC. They were they were talking about doing this match as early as like Super Showdown because it was supposed to be Bailey and Naomi at WrestleMania, and they rushed it into doing it at Super Showdown. So then we're left with this instead, which is a complete waste. Um, I think Bailey and Sasha should have had their WrestleMania match years ago. It feels like we're never going to get it at this point. And they're always involved in the same match at WrestleMania every goddamn year. They're in the same match. Ever since Bailey debuted on the main roster, they had a four way three years ago at Mania that had Bailey and Sasha in it. Two years ago, they, they were in the uh, WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Last year, they defended the women's tag team titles together. And then this year, they're in the Fatal Five way. It is elimination style, so I do see it coming down to Sasha and Bailey with Bailey finding a way to win. Um, you can put the belt on Sasha. Either way, it's really between them two. Lacey, Naomi already had their shot. They lost. Tamina, less said about her, the better. Um, I would keep the belt on Bailey. I mean, I'm not, I, I've said before she's been a terrible champion, and I stand by that. But I think it would make more sense. If you have it come down to them, oh, it's like, oh, you know, I'll let Sasha win, whatever. And then she, like, rolls her up real quickly and whatever. And that's what gets Sasha pissed. Then she breaks away and she beats her for the belt. Right. Either at, you know, honestly, though, now that you mention that, not that they were doing, I mean, I don't, I don't really apply logic to this company because I feel like they do the opposite of what makes sense most of the time. Right. But what you can do, Randy, assuming that it's still on and that this whole coronavirus shit doesn't change anything, you do this here, you have Bailey retain. Now, again, she has not been a great champion, but it would mean more at this point if you don't do the title change here, but rather at SummerSlam, like you said. But one thing you forgot to mention was that it's in Boston. Right. It's in Banks' hometown. So you can have Sasha beat Bailey there on the almost exact five-year anniversary of when they had their TakeOver Brooklyn match in 2015. It's like a day later. It's literally five years and a day later that they would be having that match. So... Now that I think about it, that might make more. It might make more sense. Not that that was their mindset, because I don't really give them um, the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that type of stuff. But either way, I do see Bailey retaining the title here. But let's say you go that route. Uh, let's say Bailey retains at Mania, and the match is her and Sasha. When it comes to SummerSlam, is Sasha now back to being? Uh, a face or mm-hmm. does she still keep this momentum of her being uh, a heel no that's the issue that's the problem that i have with them feuding it's like it's a net feud but the issue is that they literally both just went heel not just one heel but like recently, not even yeah. six months ago mm. recently recently within the last year and both of them more so sasha than bailey really 
needed a heel turn because Sasha as a face, as popular as she was, was so uninteresting. She is so much better as a heel now. She hasn't been on TV a whole lot, granted, because she's been out filming her, whatever. But, um, you know, she is a lot better as a heel than she is as a baby face. So, I don't know. I think maybe you could do like a tweener type thing where you don't have to turn it into a full-fledged baby face. Like, for example, when Becky went heel, she when she went back to being a baby face and she won at Mania, she didn't go back to doing the whole you know, uh, Irish last kicker bullshit. She was still the man. So maybe you could do something along those lines where she's kind of a tweener and she's still a badass without turning her into a full fledged, you know, I could be cheered regardless. Yeah. Face heel tweener, whatever at SummerSlam, she's getting cheered. So, and of the two, Bailey is a better baby face, but, um, they just turned her. So it would be weird for her to go back to being a baby face, especially if they're going to be in Boston. So I think of the two, you got to turn Sasha to an extent, just a little bit, not like a hundred, you know, full one eighty, whatever. But um, yeah, that's what I would do. Uh, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. Who you got? Match looks good on paper. I think they've built it up very well mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks. The promos from Rollins and Owens, the last two weeks specifically on Raw, have been awesome. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, the whole crux of the storyline is that Rollins has had multiple WrestleMania moments and WrestleMania at WrestleMania. The guy's a God, you know, he's won the WWE world title. He's won with the shield. He's won the intercontinental championship. He's beaten, you know, uh, triple H he, at WrestleMania. He shines brighter than anyone else. So with that being said, I think it's time to give Owens his moment. He, he, he's won at mania before he won the United States championship from Chris Jericho three years ago, but I guess that kind of gets forgotten about because Jericho's an AEW now. Um, but other than that, I think this has got to be Owens' match to win. The guy's lost quite a bit in recent months. It feels like anytime they had a multi-man tag team match against the Rollins group, Owens' team almost always lost. So I feel like he needs a big win, and you might as well have it be at WrestleMania. Okay, who we got next? We have... All right, Taker and Styles in a Bonedard match. Uh, a lot of people love the, the promo Taker put on on raw last night to get people kind of excited for this match which is kind of like a graveyard kind of match uh i think one of those matches that they're gonna use um well well i would say not use the pc as much i know a lot of these matches are going to be in the ring but this might be you know the backstage area maybe even even outside i don't know but uh i know they're trying different things to kind of give you different kind of style of matches and this is definitely one of them so take your styles i would i would assume the undertaker wins this match right yeah now with it being undertaker's style of match and i mean again i'm a big aj fan i feel like in an idealistic environment he would win i mean taker's 55 years old right and Dude, you, you can't tell me that in the last decade that Taker's put all over this wealth of new stars. He really hasn't. I'm not saying that everyone has to, but like people can poop on Brock and Triple H and Goldberg. I mean, Goldberg really hasn't lost anyone new either. But um, Taker, like in the last decade, since that taker Shawn Michaels match 10 years ago, how many young people, quote unquote, has the guy really lost to? He lost to Roman Reigns. Brock, but he's not a young guy, and that's it. He has not lost to any other young guys in the last decade. He hasn't really faced a lot of young guys, for one thing, but he hasn't really... I mean, not that AJ's this... I mean, he's 40-something years old, too. I get it. But at the same time, though, he's more of the present than Taker is. He should be winning this match. But because it's not a standard match, and it's like 
filmed elsewhere in a graveyard. It might be buried alive, whatever. It kind of gives Styles an out because he's not sitting there losing in a regular match where you know he would win in, a, in, a, in, in any other situation. He would have beaten Taker. He had to. Taker's like a fucking you know, bucket of bones at this point. Right. Um, he would have to win. But because it's not a standard match, I think that benefits Taker. So I like the different approach they're taking with this. I would have liked to have seen a real actual match between the two three years ago. And I said this much on your show when we talked three years ago when AJ was champion and they ended up doing Taker and Reigns at WrestleMania that year. Mm -hmm. It really should have been either Taker and AJ or they could have done it at the Rumble when they were in Texas, but that's besides the point now. Um, So yeah, I feel like Taker will win this. And I will say though, I'm not a fan of the outcome, but I feel like it's inevitable so I won't get mad about it. But at the same time though, I gotta say that promo last night from Taker was fucking great. Was really, really, really good. Easily the best Undertaker promo I've definitely heard in at least five or ten years. Mm-hmm. It was that good. And I hope we get more American badass Taker than Phenom Taker. I'm not getting my hopes up. Um, but if what we saw on Monday was any indication, that video package combined with the promo from Taker, single, <clears throat> excuse me, single-handedly got me pumped for this match more than anything else they've done in the last couple weeks. And, they, you know, Styles has cut some great promos. But what they did on Monday in my opinion, got me hyped for that match coming up this weekend. But I do think Taker goes over, though. Um, okay, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, NXT Women's Championship. Would they try to... I know Rhea just got the belt recently, so I don't think she would lose. But having Charlotte become NXT champion could be kind of interesting, but I don't think they do this in, in this in, uh, in this kind of environment. So I think Rhea retains who you got. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, again, any logic that, oh, Rhea just won the belt, they wouldn't take the title off her, you could just throw that right out the window because this company, again, does not always do what makes sense. Right. I think like a match that would have made sense, Strowman won the belt in January. You would think, why would he lose it as soon as Elimination Chamber? Why not have him go on to WrestleMania and face Sheamus, who was also not on the card, by the way? They didn't do that. They ended up having Brian and Sammy fight for the title instead. So, again, anything that makes sense, you could throw right out the window. What they should do, I agree, Bria has just won the belt a couple months ago. Again, not just, but it's been three or four months. Um, there's no reason to have her lose her first big match to Charlotte Flair. They could always redo the rivalry on the main roster down the road, have Charlotte win then. That's fine. If it's for like the Raw or SmackDown Women's Championship. But maybe the idea is that they put the belt on Charlotte. It'll boost ratings for NXT because that's kind of a priority right now, even though they've lost like every week against Dynamite for the past six months. At this point, they're not going to win. Just get over it. But uh, that being said, I don't think putting the belt on Charlotte really accomplishes that because she's been on the show a few times in the last month or so, and it really hasn't boosted the ratings all that much. So I'm going to say keep the belt on Ripley, give her her WrestleMania moment, even though it's not really in front of anybody, but whatever. Um yeah, have her beat Charlotte here, and then you you can continue the feud. I think it's cool for Charlotte to be doing something different, but we've seen her as NXT Women's Champion before, so it's not like oh, I've never. It's a title I've never held. Right. I never held it in NXT like Becky. Becky was never the NXT Women's Champion. She never won that title. Her winning that belt would be kind of interesting. Charlotte was champion for like ten months when she held it, so mm. I wouldn't go back to that. Well. Um, I would keep Charlotte on the main roster doing her own thing. And NXT's women's division, too, you got to keep in mind, is as strong as it's ever been. They do not need Charlotte down there. So uh, long story short, keep the belt on Ripley. 
John Cena and the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Again, we uh, we saw some rumors that this this might be another match where they kind of be um, you know different, creative, more like a movie type setting, like the House of Horrors Bray had with Randy Orton years ago. So, if it is that kind of match where it's not in the ring, do you have John Cena going over, or do you have the Fiend Bray Wyatt going over? Oh man, um, I know. I'm gonna say. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's it's got to be Bray Wyatt. Um, I could see them having Cena win because LOL, fuck you. But like, it's a must win match for Bray Wyatt. I mean, it kind of has to because the guy lost six years ago, and we'll talk about it in a second. But with there being, I mean, they're not gonna do this. But um, because I think I know what the what they ended up doing instead. But what they should have done was have the winner of this match on night one face Goldberg for the Universal Championship on night two with Roman Reigns pulling out. Um, because True. Wyatt, I mean, not that rematches are a thing anymore anyway, but at least he would have had to earn it again. And Cena could go for number 17. Again, there's no build for this, but this show is already a shit show anyway, so why not? Either way, regardless of whether there's anything on the line or not, Wyatt has to win here. There's no doubt in my mind about it. There's no way they would have Cena verbally bury the Fiend on TV if they were going to have him win. There's no chance. I mean, there could be a little chance, but I feel like Cena is ready to right that wrong from six years ago. Wyatt needs to bounce back from losing to Goldberg at Super Showdown last month. So, uh, yeah, I think The Fiend wins here. Uh, I think he does win as well. What else we got here? All right, we got Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's title. Uh, Becky has been champion since WrestleMania 35, so we're going damn near close a year. Um, Shayna's first WrestleMania. Uh, She's not on any uh, roster as of yet, Raw or SmackDown, but right now she might go to Raw. Um, Do they... Take the belt off of Becky Lynch after having it for a year. But again, in front of no crowd, do they just kind of hold on to Becky as champion and then have Shayna come down and uh, be champion sometime later on? I could see both outcomes, actually. A lot of people are saying, oh, this is predictable. You know, Shayna wins. It's really not that predictable because I could see a scenario where Becky retains and... That, I mean, not that they would do this, but they were kind of teasing it before this whole PC thing happened um, with the whole performance center thing. But they could have this be the catalyst to turn her heel because people don't really want to see her as champion for much longer than Mania. I mean, I'm talking about the majority here. I might not be speaking for everybody. And the thing is, I like Becky a lot, but it's time for a change. Enough is enough. It's time for a change, as Owen Hart would say. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Becky is the right person to beat her for the belt. I'm not Becky. I'm sorry. Sheen is the right person to be Becky for the belt. She's been on a roll now for a while. Um, I've been liking their feud on TV. Some great promos, good interactions. Um, I would have this, but there being no crowd, have Sheena go out there and completely fucking dominate her and go over in, in decisive fashion within minutes. And then you can build to a rematch down the road at SummerSlam, whatever. And that's where you can have the competitive match. And Sheena still retains. Or maybe Becky wins the belt back and then Ronda Rousey returns. There's a lot of possibilities here. Yeah. Um, either way, I mean, I guess you could have, you could have Becky retain and then Ronda Rousey comes back. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't do that now. I would save that shit for, uh, um, you know, well after until there's crowds again. Because why would you have Rousey come back in front of absolutely no one? That's going to be a great reaction, I would think. So, again, I would have Baszler win here and then build to a more competitive rematch for down the road. 
Uh, I think Shayna Baszler will be the new Raw Women's uh, Champion. I think it's time. You know, f- to have the belt for a year and to kind of... is also having... Becky having the belt for a year, but it hasn't been like that magical run that many fans thought that she was going to have. That, that, you know, they were clamoring for her to win the belt. She got it, but you can't really say pinpoint man what a great what a great run I, I guess the competition wasn't there the whole entire time um she she i think she she don't defend it all the time again that's not her choice but she don't defend it all the time and i don't think she had like that one memorable rivalry within this run so again i, I if they take the belt off of her i'm not upset um I think Shayna will be uh, will end up being a, a a great champion on Raw, just depending on how they book her. Uh, what else we got here? We got. Well, I do want to say this real quick yeah. to kind of back up what you just said about Becky. Yeah. Um, two things I feel like her reign suffered from. One is that, like you said, the competition, and mm-hmm. she it, it wasn't a complete flop of a reign. It's not like the Kabuki Warriors where no. they re- she didn't have any competition, no memorable matches. She had a few, like the Sasha Hell in the Cell match, I thought was one of the best matches all year last year. That was great, year. yes, that was great. Great match. The feud was good. The match was awesome. And then the Asuka feud was also well done, and the match was also great at the Royal Rumble. So it's not a complete waste, but the thing is is that you talked about Becky having this magical run or people expecting her to have a magical run. I'm not really sure people envision that because I'll, I'll, I'll kind of turn the tables on you, Randy, here. And not to make the comparison, I kind of am by saying this, but was there ever one run that Stone Cold had as WWE champion that was overly memorable? You know, I feel like a lot like Stone Cold, even though she's not Stone Cold, I'm not saying that, but she's one of those characters that's better in chase mode. If Daniel Bryan was the WWE champion, you know, in 2014, after he won the belt at Mania 30, he got his big moment a lot like Becky did. And, um, you know, they did they, they did his run. I don't think his run would have been all that great either. His first fucking opponent was Kane at the subsequent pay-per-view. Yeah. A lot, a lot like Becky, who had Lacey Evans. So it's it, she's a lot like, you know, Daniel Bryan and Stone Cold and baby faces like that where she's better in chase mode. People got behind her because... She was the ultimate underdog for so long. That's not to say that you can never put the belt on her. A year's a little long, but they're telling a story here, so I get it. But the also the issue is, is that without Ronda Rousey, without that one great foil, or Charlotte, you could poop on Charlotte all you want. Not you, Randy, but like anyone specific, no, you know, anyone in general. Mm-hmm. People poop on Charlotte. Becky and Charlotte had one of the best women's feuds almost of all time. Their matches were tremendous. That evolution match was fantastic. Probably the best women's match on the main roster ever. And I, I say Sasha and Bailey still the best well, women's match they ever did. Mm. And that was an NXT. But um, yeah, I feel like that's kind of where they not went wrong with Becky, but that's why her reign wasn't like, Oh my God, absolutely amazing. Like they had Oscar, they had Sasha, but beyond them, the well runs dry. There was Lacey, Natalia, who gives a fuck, who gives a shit about Natalia in 2019, 2020, you know, um, they don't really have enough women right now. Nia Jax is probably on her way back. Not that that feud would light the world on fire, but Ronda Rousey was really her one true foil and Charlotte, and she hasn't feuded with either of them. I mean, Charlotte has been, you know, dead and buried. Thankfully, that whole feud is done because that was beaten to death by that point. But the Rousey feud had a lot more on the bone there, and then Rousey left. So that's kind of where, in my opinion, the reign went wrong. All right. Edge and Randy Orton in a uh, last man standing match. 
Again, another match I feel it could go either way because you don't have to get pinned here. Mm-hmm. I know it's Edge's first singles match back, and it would make sense for him to win. I don't know if I'd be mad if he lost, though, just because Orton has been doing such amazing work in this feud. Um, it is absolutely possible that Orton wins here, and they prolong the feud into like SummerSlam or something. You know? um, and they could do that even with Edge winning, but I think it would make more sense if you want to drag the feud out a little longer, they would have... Orton win here. Um, my safe choice is Edge. I think you have him win in his first singles match back. Um, you know, doesn't have to be pinned, or you know, he doesn't have to pin Orton. It could be a really, really good match. It's a crime the match is not happening in front of an actual crowd because the feud has been one of the best feuds they've done in a long time. Yep. The mic work alone has been great. Edge's promo on Monday was awesome, and Orton's promo last week was also great. So it sucks there's not going to be a crowd there. And again, it's like, oh, I, you know, Edge could lose and it won't really matter because there's no crowd. Yeah, that's true. And Orton getting the win. Um, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure when the last time Orton won at WrestleMania was because he lost last year to AJ. He lost two years ago in that U.S. random title four with a random U.S. Uh, four way for the United States Championship. Mm-hmm. Three years ago or three years ago, he beat Bray Wyatt. So I guess that was the last time he there won Mania. Mania. Um, so he kind of needs a Mania win, too. But uh, I don't know. I would have Edge win here. Orton winning. I don't know if that would be a. I don't know if that would upset me as long as it was done the right way. What if? I doubt they would do it. But do you see any scenario where neither man wins? Yeah, for sure. I mean, a last man standing match you could do a draw. Yeah. I hate the idea of that on this show because it's WrestleMania. I hate the idea of doing a fucking draw at WrestleMania. I mean, I would honestly, I would rather just have Orton win. Because, again, you're not mm. pinning Edge. You're not submitting Edge. You're not really making him look weak. Right. Um, you know, you, I, I don't know. I, I think I think it would make more sense to have Orton just straight up win. You could pull that shit off on TV, but to do it at WrestleMania, I'm not a big fan of that. They don't really do DQs. They do. Listen, this company is DQ crazy. They do countouts and DQs and non-finishes and no contests and draws and whatever all the time. They don't really do it at WrestleMania, though. They don't do it all that often at Mania. So I, I'm going to go off on a limb and say they're not going to do that here. I don't think they should do it here. I feel like that would be a flat finish and would be a terrible way to kind of culminate their feud. I would much rather just have Orton win via like a fluky victory, barely by the skin of his teeth, and then prolong the feud into the summer. But like I said, my safe choice is Edge winning here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we have the two world titles. Uh, we got, uh, I would assume, Saturday, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Now, this is a match that can go either way. I'm not sure which way they would go. Does Brock have the belt for a little while longer? <clears throat> Drew McIntyre won the uh, the Royal Rumble, but does he slay the beast and become uh, champion? If he doesn't, is there backlash for not putting the belt on him? I saw the nice uh, promo video package of him working out somewhere in, uh, on a rock, something in the woods. Um, like that kind of content is cool. Um, this one right here is tricky because again it can go both ways. There is a there is a pro there are pros and cons for Brock winning and losing and for 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 Drew as well. But do they put the belt on Drew 
in a, in, a, in an empty arena as as his WrestleMania moment, first time being champion, or do they play it safe and just have Brock win, and then maybe down the road they do a part two to this? So, like you said, this could very well go either way. It's not predictable at all. Anyone who says really anything on this card for the most part is not predictable for the wrong reasons, though. It's not because it could very go either way. Like it's a win-win, no matter who wins. It's a thing with WWE where. You know, people criticize the company for being predictable. It's really not because when you figure that they're going to do the right thing, they don't. So it's unpredictable for the wrong reasons. Like, I could not tell you, dude, how many people said that. I mean, I, I thought I thought Bray Wyatt was winning too, but um, I mean, I always figured there was a possibility that Goldberg would beat him for that belt at Super Showdown. I cannot tell you how many people were telling me, "Oh, this match sucks because it's so predictable." Obviously, Wyatt's going to win obviously and he fucking didn't so hopefully that proves to people that they don't always do what makes sense for right or for wrong for better or for worse they always sometimes go off on a limb and do the opposite of what we expect because that's not always the good thing sometimes they they swerve people for the sake of swerving like a fucking vince russo type shit i'm not a fan of that but bottom line is that it's not predictable that being said very good chance Lesnar wins here and then you build to a rematch at whatever pay-per-view down the road SummerSlam where you know there would be an actual crowd there for um, Drew's big victory my question at that point is is Drew still going to be as over as he was before when there was a crowd there by the time we get to SummerSlam I don't know the answer to that question I don't think anyone knows the answer to that question I feel like he would be but I'm not sure to me I would put the belt on Drew here I know it would be cool to have the big moment, you know, in front of an actual audience, but I don't know if you can wait any longer. I mean, you can, but I'm just not sure the crowd would still be as hot for Drew as they were before Mania. The whole COVID-19 bullshit really fucked things up and it sucks, mm-hmm. but you got to make the most of the situation. And um, what it makes me think of is Lex Luger. They didn't put the belt on him at SummerSlam in 93. I don't know why, because they probably thought if they waited till Mania, it would mean more. He won by counter, which was so dumb. Yeah. But um, anyway, so they should have put the belt on him then because he was so over. He had the Lex Express. The, you know, the crowd went nuts for him that night. It was the biggest reaction for a countout win in WWE history. And then come Mania, come the Rumble, come Mania, Bret Hart was over, more over than he was. And they never ended up putting the belt on him. So in my opinion, I feel like it would be I don't know because we could come come SummerSlam. He may not be the hot ticket anymore. It might be, you know, it might be Kevin Owens. It might be I don't know Rey Mysterio for God's sakes. I don't know. It could uh-huh. be anybody. So and I think Drew needs his moment, and I think it should be here. I wouldn't be mad if Brock won mm-hmm. if they're saving the moment for another time. If they have Lesnar beat him and then they just move on, that's bullshit. But I really hope they will end up with the belt on Drew at some point. I would have it be here because I feel like. A mania with no fans, you know, at the PC, pre-taped. It's already depressing enough. At least I would have something to celebrate, you know, going off the air with WrestleMania. Because if Brock wins, it's like, okay, I'm already fucking depressed as it is. This is just making it worse because I don't want Brock to win. Um, But I will say you mentioned this as the main event for Saturday. They did say that at one point, but now with Roman and Goldberg not happening, I mean, I would put that on Saturday, the whole Goldberg thing, whatever they end up doing, and then this match on Sunday. If there was ever an excuse to do it, I mean, they should have done it anyway, but I don't know how you go off the air at WrestleMania night one, or I'm sorry, night two, with anything other than this match, considering that Roman and Goldberg is now off the table. 
And plus the fact that, you know, if Brock was to lose, then this would be back-to-back WrestleManias of Brock taking an L um, as champion. So, again, there are different factors. Do you want Brock to, to, to go uh, two losses in a row at WrestleMania? Or do you just say F all that and just kind of give the, the moment to, to Drew? I do agree that, you know, if Goldberg and Roman is not happening, which is I, I it's not, um, then that, that match, whoever Goldberg against whoever, should be on Saturday and you should close out on Sunday with either Brock and Drew or, 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 or I think Edge and, and Orton. But I think the rumor was they were going to close out Saturday with one of the female matches, I think mm-hmm. maybe Becky and Shayna. Um, so you, yeah, I heard that too. So you, yeah, you can have Goldberg and whoever on Saturday, main evented by Becky and Shayna, and then Sunday you have Brock and Drew. And I think if that's the main event for Sunday, then I would assume Drew is the champion from from, from that point on. Yeah, no, I heard, well, going back on what you said before about the Sheena-Becky thing, main eventing Mania, Yeah, I really hope now. I'm looking forward to the match. That's not main event worthy, and it's not like, oh, people would sit on their hands because there's no one there, so it doesn't even matter. Mm. But um, <clears throat> I have, like, that's just, like, last year it made sense to do Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda in the main event of Mania. That's what people wanted to see. It made sense. That was the match to do in the main event of Mania. Right. This year, to put Becky and Sheena in the main event of Mania, that would be putting them in the main event simply for the sake of having women main event, which I don't agree with. It has to be the match that make the mo- that makes the most sense. If you have Edge and Orton on last, hey, listen, I agree with that because it's the greatest story they have going right now. But the women, is it really the best story? Eh, I don't think so. So I, I don't agree with that. Um, or having like, I don't know, Goldberg and Roman should have never main evented anyway, but at least it's more important on the totem pole than Becky and Shayna. Thankfully, that's off the table regardless, and I would be stunned if they went out the show with anything involving Goldberg, it shouldn't have made event at either show regardless. Mm. But like at this point with no Roman, no chance. Anyway, um, I'm sorry. What were you getting at Randy with, with your question? I apologize. <laughs> no, I think I was just getting at the, um, that, you know, Brock is going to, if he loses, he'll, he'll, he'll lose twice in a row. Drew oh yeah. Right. Champion. Yeah. And I think it, it, again, if Roman is not participating, then the Brock and Drew should be the main event on Sunday. No, yeah, I agree. Um, Brock losing, that was really, again, another reason why I don't think this is predictable. Because I find it very hard to believe they would book Brock to lose back-to-back manias. Um, And it's great that he put over Rollins last year. That was the right result. But you can't always have him lose to the young guys. That's, it's kind of, I mean... They've already kind of worn out the Brock formula by this point, but you need to guy you need to still have the guy win, you know, most of the time and then lose whenever like in a situation like this, I feel like he has to lose. So I would forego the whole, oh, you know, we lost back to back manias. It's it who cares? Who really? Who really cares? Yeah. Drew should win here. Um, you could always have Drew, you know, win later, which like we already discussed. That's fine as long as they have him win at some point. That's great. But like I said, my fear is that he won't. It won't mean as much you know, down the road as it would here, even though there's no fans, I, it's, it's a really tough situation. I would like to go off the air with Drew McIntyre on Sunday as the new WWE champion. How many people can say they, fir- they won their first world championship and the main event of mania only an elite few between Michaels, you know, Sean, uh, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Rollins, Daniel Bryan. Uh, I'm trying to think of anyone else. First world um, title at WrestleMania. Um, in the main event of main Mania, event who of won Mania. their first championship, like world title? 
Chris Benoit being another one. Warrior. Warrior. I mean, it's not as it's not as many as you think. So I feel like McIntyre being included in that category would be pretty damn cool. So uh, yeah, um, Yokozuna technically too, I guess, but that doesn't really. I mean, that was that was a dumb finish. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would have Drew win here. But if they have him lose and they save the moment for down the road. I mean, again, as long as it's done right, I don't have faith they would do it right because they're doing such a good job of building up Drew now. Mm -hmm. I feel like they might lose interest in six months. Vince changes his mind more than the fucking weather. So I like I would I would really have Drew in now before I get scared that he loses all faith in Drew a month from now because, you know, that very well could happen. And of course, we have Goldberg against somebody the the the, the report is that uh roman is not um in the main event or not fighting goldberg at wrestlemania he took himself out for obvious reasons so now goldberg is gonna fight somebody for the universal championship at wrestlemania um i haven't read anything of who it might be so i guess we'll all find out together uh, on this weekend but if there are three people who you feel like should that that could be in consideration, like realistically, uh, to go up against Goldberg for the Universal Title, I think. Reg- matter of fact, question one: Regardless of who they put, does Goldberg leave WrestleMania with the belt? And then number two: Who do you think are the obvious choices to go up against Goldberg at WrestleMania? Originally, no. Now, yes. Because I feel like having Roman beat Goldberg is the way to go. And I don't want to see Goldberg for any, you know, as champion for any longer than I have to. But like having Goldberg drop the belt now to whoever, only to have Roman beat. Because you know the end game is getting the belt on Roman Reigns. I don't think him expressing expressing concern with not wrestling on the show, uh, or rather expressing concern with wrestling on the show and pulling out and whatever, is going to get him any heat. He's Roman fucking Reigns. I don't think that's going to change anything. They're still going to put the belt on him, as they should. Um, And he had every right to pull out, by the way. I do not blame the guy whatsoever. So that being said, I think having whoever beat Goldberg and then Roman beat that guy, that's the definition of a paper champion uh, as a transitional champion. So I hope that's not the case. Um, I would rather have Goldberg win at Mania and then just, you know, hold on to the belt until whenever Roman's ready to take it. So... Um, yeah, I think Roman, I think Goldberg retains that, and that's my prediction. In terms of potential replacements, there's a few people that aren't on the card already that need matches at Mania. Like I said, in a perfect world, I would have it be Wyatt and Cena on night one, winner faces Goldberg night two, Wyatt gets the belt back from Goldberg at Mania. I mean, they're not going to do that, but that that's what I would do. If they're going to have someone face Goldberg, which I think is the plan, a few people that don't have Mania matches include... Triple H, and God, I hope not. I don't think they would actually do that. No chance. I don't need an 03 feud all over again, but Triple H doesn't. And it'll be a 25-minute match. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, It'll be pre-taped, and we'll still go off the air at midnight. Mm -hmm. Um, Triple H doesn't have a match. Shane McMahon doesn't have a match. We haven't seen him since October. Hopefully, I mean, his first mania, the first mania without Shane McMahon since 31 in five years, which is nice. We needed needed a bit of a break. Wow. but I, it won't be Shane. The more realistic options, Samoa Joe comes back. He's clear of his suspension, but I think he's still hurt. And I think it would be weird that if he got popped for suspension and came back and won the title, that would be a little weird. Um, I mean, it, and I think it'd be awesome, but like from an ethical standpoint, do you have the guy who gets hurt all the time and just got popped for suspension? We don't know what for, though. 
win the title? Probably not, um, but that is one option. Jeff Hardy, they just brought him back to do absolutely nothing, so I'm not really sure why they did that. Um, he's not even on the card. Hardy and Goldberg seems like a very odd match, but I think it's a possibility because he's on SmackDown. Braun Strowman doesn't have a WrestleMania match. Um, he would probably be the most likely candidate because he has nothing going on right now. We haven't even seen him since Elimination Chamber. He's an option. Technically, Cesaro and Nakamura don't have matches. That would be a joke because both guys are losers. Uh, they've been booked to look so inferior over the last couple months that I, as cool as that would be, from like a, 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 it wouldn't be a dream match, but... Like that would be nice to see Nakamura finally get his moment, win the belt. It's not going to happen. The guy never wins, so that's not going to happen. Um, I can't really think of many, too many other people that it could be. To be honest with you, that aren't already booked for Mania. It could be someone pull, pulling double duty, like I said, like a Wyatt, or I don't know, Brian. I, I don't know. I'm not really sure. My gut feeling is that it's Braun, but I just think that's incredibly silly when you consider Braun too is a fucking loser and he never wins when was the last pay-per-view match that braun Strowman won i can't think of a single one he beat bobby lashley That's a year a ago at a, a super showdown mm-hmm. but that was a year ago and he won the andre the giant memorial battle royal last year who gives a fuck the guy's already gone for the belt so many times that having him win it at this point to me doesn't mean anything it's i mean i know roman isn't everyone's favorite wrestler but he, to me, makes more sense to win that belt at this point than Braun Strowman. And I like Braun. I, he's a very nice guy. I'm a fan of his. But from a booking standpoint, the guy's a loser. So um, I don't think having him beat Goldberg would really change anything, in my opinion. So anyway, I think it's going to be Braun. But regardless of who it is, I do think Goldberg walks out still the universal champion. So then how do you? how would you write off Roman? Uh, because obviously there's, there's, there's still SmackDown on Friday. So, if that's the case, how would you write him off? Like, uh, does does somebody attack him? Uh, I mean, I don't know how you do it on TV, but how would you mm-hmm. explain to the fans, even though they 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 know? But how would you explain on on TV that Roman was supposed to fight Goldberg at WrestleMania, but now he won't? That's the question. I don't know. I know they're promoting. I think another showdown between Roman and Goldberg on Friday's SmackDown. But as far as I understand. Unless they knew about the Roman thing days in advance, which it sounds like they didn't, it sounded like Roman only pulled out the day of Mania. It sounds like they taped everything, all the SmackDowns and whatever, through WrestleMania well before that. So I don't think they taped any angle at the SmackDown taping for Roman to get replaced or hurt or whatever. They have to explain it on Friday. If they don't and they're waiting until Sunday... That's just fucked up. Like, why would you continue to promote a match that you, that you know that everyone knows already isn't happening? Roman even went on his fucking Instagram on the other day, and he was like, oh, this is why I pulled out. So, like, it's no secret. WWE is the only one that's pretending that the match is happening. And I know, you know, you got to explain it in storyline, but we're days out from the pay-per-view. It's inexcusable if you knew by Thursday of last week. So I don't even care. Like, just say that Roman, I don't know. You could say that he tried to pull out. Just be honest. Just be honest with your viewers and be like, this is why he's not here. And we'll figure something out to determine a replacement. So I don't know. I really don't know what they're going to do. I feel like they'll just wait until the day of the show. They'll put out something on Twitter at fucking 5 o'clock on Sunday saying or Saturday mm-hmm. saying that, oh, Roman can't make the show. Goldberg is you know issuing an open challenge tonight. That's what I feel like is going to happen. Okay. So, uh. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's a shitty situation, and it it sucks, but, like, 
Um, again, I don't blame Roman at all. I don't. I wouldn't say, oh, you know, you should have warned them ahead of time. It doesn't matter, dude. Like, we're not Roman Reigns. We're not his family. You know, I know they've known about Mania being at the PC for a couple weeks now, but when they announced Mania being at the PC, the situation was not as serious as it is right now. WWE, by all accounts, should probably not even be taping the show. WWE is not an essential business. Um, that, you know, that aside, the guy has, you know, obvious concerns, which is totally fine. And I don't blame him at all for coming to that conclusion the day of the show. People change their minds all the time. It's not a matter of, oh, we should have told him two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe he had to talk it through with his family, and he only came to that conclusion on Thursday. Who cares? It's fucking wrestling. It doesn't matter. So it doesn't. Re- I don't really care um, that he pulled out. I mean, it sucks, but like it's one of those things where like he should not be blamed for it for anyone that's trying to put the blame on Roman. I think the main question is, um, you know, after WrestleMania, is it like... Um, I, I, I still obviously they, they, they will still have Raw SmackDown, but to what capacity? I, I think where do they go as far as people performing in the ring after WrestleMania? I, I think their goal is let's get through WrestleMania and then figure this shit out as we go along. But I think if they hold Raw on SmackDown, you might just get the, the regular promos, you know, in the ring. They might show some old old matches from um, old pay-per-views. But I don't think, to me, that you're going to see, you know, them performing in the ring as time goes on. Um, do you agree with me or do you feel like no matter what, they'll do WrestleMania and then on Raw SmackDown going forward, they might have a match or two. But... Obviously, you plug in promos, you plug in old matches, or do you think there's no matches going forward? No, I think... Well, so here's the thing. They taped everything through... I think next Wednesday's NXT, if I'm not mistaken, through the April 8th episode. I think the Orange County... Um, Orange County of Florida, which is where the PC is, mm. um, that stay-at-home policy that, that they put in place last week, right. I think it expires on April 9th. But just because they say that, dude, doesn't mean that it will. Because they could very well say, they don't give a shit about WWE, and why would they? Um, they could very well say, well, we need more time, stay at home even longer. At that point, then yeah, they're kind of fucked. Because they are not. They weren't planning, um, they, they were probably banking on being back for the post-WrestleMania SmackDown. Uh, if it expires and it stays that way, they can go back to filming. Then great, that's great for WWE. Mm-hmm. But if not, I don't know what they do. They probably just replay an old pay per view or an old WrestleMania or something until things go back. At least they can start filming again. You know, if they can legally, they will. Right now, they can't, which is why they pre-taped everything in advance. Um, but things are changing from day to day. I mean, not that it's the exact same thing. But uh, Disneyland, they said a couple weeks ago that it was only going to be closed through March 30th or March 31st or whatever. And obviously they came out the other day and said it's closed indefinitely because, you know, things are obviously a lot worse than originally anticipated. So, again, everything is changing from day to day. April 9th could very well come in in, in the Orange County, that province, whatever, the county. They could say, listen, we don't want to um." We don't want to reopen just yet. We might reopen in a week or a month. And in that case, again, WWE might be fucked. But until then, I think they plan on retaping again at that SmackDown after WrestleMania. Um, as you were talking, I'm reading the, the numbers for when they aired WrestleMania on ESPN last week and this week. So they aired 30 last week. I know I mentioned that they had over almost 840,000 viewers and then they aired WrestleMania 32 on Sunday and it had uh, 720,000. 
So I mean, for uh, a four, a three, four-year-old show on a major network like ESPN on a Sunday night when nothing's on, um, seven hundred twenty thousand is still a pretty good number, and even eight hundred thirty-nine the week prior. Um, I think there's still pretty good numbers in, in, in this kind of climate right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, despite the fact that WrestleMania 32 sucked big time, um, the show's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. It's still cool they're airing the Manias on ESPN. I mean, I would pick better Manias. And I'm not even talking like Mania 17. I think it is cool to showcase the current talent. I think 33 was better than 32. They could have shown 31. That was an awesome show. I've said that before. I wrote about it the other day. The best installment in recent memory, in my opinion. Um, they could have showed that one. They could have shown even 34. I thought that was a very good show, too. And that was from two years ago. Um, they're showing 35 this Sunday, which is cool. But, yeah, bottom line, there's not a lot to watch right now on TV in terms of, like, live sports and whatever. Right. Not that this was live, but... ESPN, they're struggling. They have no sports to air, so why the fuck not old, you know, air an old WrestleMania? I don't mind that at all. The show's not great. I didn't watch it, but I can just watch it on the network whenever I want. But um, I still think it's cool. It is a very good number, and it's cool for WWE to get more exposure out there. Regardless of whether it turns into new viewers or not, I don't think it will. But it's still cool to see people watching wrestling outside. I mean, I don't think it's just wrestling fans. It might be people that have ESPN on all the time, just in the background, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool. It's 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 nice exposure for the company, regardless of what it means for them long term. Absolutely. Um what is there else to talk about, Graham? I know um AEW has a new TNT title, which is gonna be the T V title. Again, the same with same same um same for them. Like I don't know you know, going forward as far as taping, and, and they're in Jacksonville again, same Florida, same state. So I don't know um, what their plans are going forward. Are they going to have matches, um, something pre-taped, or promos, or, or old old shows, or whatever? Um, so that's a question mark for them too. But they they're announcing a TNT title. I think they're going to have uh, a tournament in the first week of April. Um, so what do you make about that? I think it's cool. I think it's long overdue. Um, they needed a secondary title. The issue is what we just got done talking about, where if they too are hit at a stay at home with a stay at home order and they can't film TV. As far as I know, unlike WWE, I don't think they filmed enough to fill their television shows for the next week or two. As far as I know, the show is still airing as normal on Wednesday and every week going forward for the foreseeable future from the empty arena in Jacksonville, the Daly's place or whatever. Um, so I, I don't, I mean, they, again, everything is changing. So they too could be told you can't tape TV anymore. And then the tournament's off. But if they can tape TV, uh, which I don't know if that's going to last, but for now it's cool. Then I think it's a cool idea. An eight man tournament to crown a new TNT champion culminating at the double or nothing pay-per-view, which it doesn't really look like they're going to have at this point at Las Vegas, which sucks. Um, but it looks like they haven't even announced ticket information for that show yet because they don't know what's going on. They're not going to announce tickets. People buy them and then they're told, hey, we can't do the show. A lot of places are canceling everything through the end of May. That goes to show how serious this is, and it's only March 31st. So, again, um, I think it's more likely they, they – I mean, I would hope they can continue to tape TV. I think it's more likely they have double or nothing at Daly's place in front of nobody, unfortunately. Uh -huh. But putting all that shit aside, it is a cool concept. I like the idea. They needed a new secondary title for people like Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen luchasaurus you know all the secondary mid carter guys that they have and they have a ton of them um i like the idea a lot and i'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out 
Then the last one I got for you, Graham, unless you want to go further. Um, I did mention to you offline that we could do either our top 10 WrestleMania matches or top 10 WrestleManias in general. So which one do you want to do? You want to do both or you want to do one? Um, we can maybe. So what I did before we started filming here, mm-hmm. um, I did this this morning okay. that I wrote down my a rough list. I didn't overanalyze everything. I didn't go back and watch every match. Okay. I mean, that would kind of help me further determine where things would be in my listing. But I did do a top 10 Mania match list. We could talk about best Manias, too, because um, I have a couple of those in mind. I don't have a top 10 list, though, in front of me. But I do have a top 10 WrestleMania match list in front of me, though. All right. So let's do it. So top 10, your your top 10 WrestleMania matches of all time. In, in no particular order, unless you want to say, like, you're, you're, you're number one. But you don't have to, there's no order. You have to do it. All right. So let's do it. Well, I did do this in order, so I will oh, do it in order. Okay. I mean, normally I'm not, I'm not a big order guy, and again, this is all very it's a very rough top ten. So there are some matches I left out on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you straight out, I did not include Rock and Hogan, but that would be like wow. in my top fifteen. Uh-huh. It's not in my top ten, but okay. I did. It, it would be my top fifteen. So that that I'm not ranking. Mm. But this is what my top ten would look like. Again, quickly off the top of my head. Okay, so ten, uh, uh, yeah, all right, good. So you started from number ten, right? Yeah, starting from ten. Starting all from right, ten. Yeah, let's go. Number ten, Rock and Austin two from WrestleMania seventeen. Don't love the match, but it's definitely iconic. The video package, big fight feel in the ring. It's far from the greatest match. Okay, but they told a great story. Obviously, a very notable moment. End of the Attitude Era. I feel like you kind of have to include it, um, even though I'm not a big fan of the match, but I, I I can see why it would be one of the greatest. Right. That's 10. Nine, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, um, ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship from WrestleMania 10. Okay. Again, another iconic match, the sight of Michaels leaping off the top of the ladder, um, onto Razor winning the champion. Like Everything about that match is just iconic again. So um, HBK Razor from WrestleMania 10. It really set the standard for future ladder matches, too. Mm-hmm. Eight. TLC 2 from WrestleMania 17 as well. Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys, um, the Hardy Boys, again, set the stage for tag team wrestling for years to come. Amazing match. Number 7, Triple H, Chris Benoit, Shawn Michaels, Triple Threat talked about this last week, of course, uh, for the World Heavyweight Championship from WrestleMania 20. The greatest three-way match in WrestleMania history. Mm -hmm. And the second greatest Triple Threat match in, or or no, um, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, it, it's the greatest triple threat <laughs> match of all time. Or no, okay. one of them. Definitely. Okay, it's number one. I think I said that last week. I forget what I said, but mm-hmm. that's number seven. Six, Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle from WrestleMania 21. Almost forgot about that, but it's nice. a great match. Very nice. That's number six. So this would be my top five. Okay. Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker 2 from WrestleMania 26, just because I feel like it's the greatest main event of all time. WrestleMania main event of all time. Hmm. So I, that's why I, I feel like I kind of have to put that at number five if I say that. Okay. So I, I, that's at number five for me. Four, and I did change this up a little bit from last week. Uh-oh. Bret and Owen and the opener from WrestleMania 10. Awesome match. No, like, major historical significance. Bret did lose, went on to win the title later on in the night. Um, the reason I put this at number three is because it does it is more memorable and it has more historical significance. That being Brett versus Stone Cold Steve Austin versus uh, from WrestleMania 13 solidified Austin as a star if he wasn't already one. Um, the image of the blood rushing down his face when he you know uh, passed out amazing mm. made him a star great right. match. I told a great story. Two Ricky Steamboat Randy Savage from WrestleMania three 
for the Intercontinental Championship, one of the greatest, best, well-wrestled matches in WWE history. Um, it made that title mean something. Uh, not not that it didn't already mean something, but, you know, kind of... It, it's one of those matches, when you think of the IC title, you think of that match. And then number one, obviously, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker from WrestleMania 25. So another match I just thought of that I didn't include on here that would be my top 15 mm-hmm. would be... Um, you know, what you tweeted about this morning, you know, from X amount of years ago today. That's right. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Iron Man match, mm-hmm. WrestleMania 12. That would be my top 15. I wouldn't put in my top 10. Mm-hmm. Would be my 15, though. Um, I'm trying to think of other matches. I already said Rock and uh, Hogan. Um, probably, mm, I love Warrior and Savage. Don't know if it'd be top 15. Probably Savage and Hogan. That might be in there for the story they told. Um, Savage and Warrior, great match. Warrior Hogan, great match. I'm trying to think of any. I'm I'm sure there's more I'm not thinking of. But uh, anyway, that would be my top ten best WrestleMania matches of all time. Um. Okay. So just to um recap: ten Rock Austin, seventeen nine HBK Razor from ten eight TLC two from seventeen number seven Triple Threat from WrestleMania twenty number six uh. Sean and Kurt Angle from 21. 5. Sean Taker from 26. 4. Brett Owen from 10. 3. Stone Cold Brett from 13. 2. Macho Steamboat from 3. And 1. Sean Taker from 25. Yep, you got it. So at the same time, I'm still writing stuff down. I, I, I you know, the order might be um, slightly off, but. I have six already, one through six. I'm trying to figure out the last four. Um, so I'm just going to put, hold up. So the Rock and, Rock and Hogan is going to be in here. Just you know, I, I, I'm putting it in a spot right now. I, do, I don't know if that's the spot I want to put it in, but it, it's just going to be there for now. Um, let me see. TLC2 has got to be in there. Uh the Rock and Stone Cold from 17's got to be in there. And I'm missing one WrestleMania. Man. All right, so right now, number 10, I don't have a number 10 right now. Number 9, I got a Rock and Stone Cold from 17. Number 8, I got the Rock and um, Hogan from 18. Number 7, TLC 2 from 17. 6, I have Brett Owen from 10. 5, I have Hogan and Warrior from WrestleMania 6. 4, I got Sean Razor from WrestleMania 10. See, like the Warrior and Hogan and Sean Razor can kind of flip back and forth, but that that's that's where I got it right now. Three, Macho Steamboat from, from three. Two, Breadstone Cold from 13. One, Sean and Taker from WrestleMania 25. So I still need a number 10. What number? Uh, what else is out there that I can consider? What am I? Oh, no, oh, I forgot that fucking Iron Man match. Um, So Brett Sean right now is going to be number 10 for now at WrestleMania 12. That might change okay, next okay. week. Um, so yeah, Iron Man, Stone Cold Rock, Hogan Rock, TLC2, Brett Owen, Hogan Warrior, Sean Razor, Macho Steamboat, Brett Stone Cold, Sean Taker. So I think what we have in agreement is that a lot of Shawn Michaels matches are on both of our rosters. Oh, Shawn Michaels, I think, is in five of mine. He's in half of them. He's in Razor, the 20th main event, Angle, and then both Taker matches. So, yeah, he's in he's in half of my list. Yeah, man, that, that, that's Shawn that Angle match. Um, 
still to me underrated. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of fans love it. I just don't think it gets talked about enough as the other matches that we always bring up. But if you haven't checked it out, go ahead and check out Sean and Kurt Angle from WrestleMania 21. Um, last point, real quick. You know, I think after this, you know, we'll talk about the the recap of WrestleMania 36, and it'll. I think it'll be no longer. WrestleMania season, except for a couple anniversaries. Today, March 31st uh, anniversary for WrestleMania 12 and WrestleMania 1. WrestleMania mm-hmm. 1 turns 35. 30, 35 today. WrestleMania 12 turns 24 today. Um, so, yeah. Um, if I had to ask you off top, the top 10 WrestleMania shows of all time, in no order, what would those ten WrestleManias be? Um, so hmm, I, I, seventeen, I, I, obviously. Gonna, seventeen is number one. I'm going to help you out. I think WrestleManias again, no order. WrestleMania seventeen, WrestleMania three would be up there, right? Yeah, I mean it's one of the biggest manias of all time. So I mean, what I mean, the main event isn't a. I mean, it's a classic for different reasons. But yes, WrestleMania three would be up there. All right, so WrestleMania nineteen. Yeah, I'd say 19. I would say um, uh, 30. From, re- from recent years, I would say 30 and 31 are both in the top 10. Okay, so now we got five so far. Um, I would. Mm, I'm trying to think. 24 is a great mania, too. I think that's one of the best ones they've ever done. Now, does it have a spot or is it still like outside looking in? No, I think, I think that would have a spot. I think that's better. If if I'm trying to think, 25 no, 26 is good. That and that wouldn't be top 10. 27 obviously not. 28 probably not. 28 28 was a good show. 29 no. 30 31 yes. Mm. 32 and everything in recent years no. I would put 24 on there and maybe towards the bottom of the list because I thought that was a great WrestleMania. Mm. 21 I forgot about 21. 21 is a great mania too. That's got to be on the list. All right, so we got seven so far. Uh, we got nineteen. We got seventeen. No, I would I would put six on there too, personally. Oh, WrestleMania six. Uh, Hogan and Warrior. Um, great. I think they were in Canada for that show. Just I remember yeah, watching Toronto. Back Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Oh man, WrestleMania. See, fourteen was pretty good too. But I'm not a I'm not a big fan of the Attitude Era ones because I feel uh, like they had a, like a lot of shit on them. But that's just me. So I mean I wouldn't include those. But if you're gonna include any Attitude Era Mania, and I mean obviously it would be 17. But 14 maybe it's better than 15. 15 I thought wasn't that great outside of like the main event and shit. So um, right now we got one, two, three, four, five. What about 10? I'd put WrestleMania 10 on there. So if you put 14 and 10. You have 10. So, so you got 17, 3, 9, 30, 31, 24, 21, 6, 14, and 10. Yeah, it's, I'm trying to think of other manias that were as good as those, though. One is just historically significant, but it's not one of the better ones at all. At all. I could tell you Two. what's not on it. Uh, WrestleMania 9, WrestleMania 11, WrestleMania yeah. 27, WrestleMania 29, 32, 32 29, uh, 16 was not good. WrestleMania 2000 was not good. Yeah, 15, no. 12, 12 had the Iron Man. 
Ahead. Twelve was a good one. I like twelve. I if I was gonna if I was gonna take one off and put one on, I would take all fourteen and put on twelve. But that's me. Would you put? If, I don't know. I'm trying to think about the early ones, um, like four with the with the tournament. I'm um, definitely not now. Half uh, Mega Powers explode at WrestleMania five. Um, was five an overall great mania though, or was it just the main event? That's my question. The main event they had Warrior Rude for the IC title. That, that's off the top of my head. I don't know what else they had. Mm-hmm. Um, seven, eight, seven was the uh, Hogan Slaughter Warrior Hogan. Eight was. Um, um, Hogan, Sid, Macho Flair, Brett Piper, um, Sean and somebody, Taker and Jake. Oh man, um, seven and eight are good. I don't know if I'd put them on my top ten. Well, they're, they're they're good manias. They're better manias than some of the other ones from those years. Where's WrestleMania twenty? I think that's got to be in the fifteen. I don't know if it would be in my top ten though. Twenty two. Mm, good mania, but it's it's kind of up there with like twenty six is a good mania, but not great. Twenty three, same thing. People, I don't know. I like that mania. Watching it back, I thought it was better than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Definitely not top. T- I, I I don't think so. I don't think so. But I do think it's a good mania, though. All right, so we got so we can wrap it up. WrestleMania seventeen three nineteen thirty thirty one twenty four twenty one six fourteen and ten as what we have now as the top 10 WrestleMania shows of all time. Not bad. Yeah, no, I don't think that's a bad list at all. Yeah, and if you agree or disagree, you can write up Graham on Twitter or myself uh, at WrestleRant at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the, the letter J, C-R-U-Z. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, two out of three falls podcast on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. T-shirts are on ProWrestlingTees.com, Patreon.com slash Cruise Control. Graham, uh... I hope you enjoy WrestleMania somehow, some way. Uh, two nights. Let's see what um. Let's see what creativity they can bring out the bag to make us feel like you know what there was no fans, but it wasn't that bad of how they produced it. Uh, let's see who Goldberg is going to fight at Mania to replace Roman Reigns. Um, enjoy it and let's see what they do, man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, this is just me seeing a lot of people saying that, oh, not excited for Mania. It's meh. Don't care. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. I get it. But, you know, uh, listen, I, I totally get it. I get it. But I will say this, Randy. You know how many times I see that every year? I, it's not just this year. I get with, I get it with this year, but I saw that last year. I saw it two years ago. I saw it five years ago. And I get it. The product's not what it was 10, 15 years ago. Right. I fucking get it. But at the same time, though, for me, and I'm a Mark. You know I'm a Mark. I'm one of the biggest Marks you'll ever meet. Yeah. I'll never not be excited for WrestleMania. Empty arena, full-ass stadium. It doesn't matter. I don't think it's going to be a shit show. It's it's a mess. I'll tell you that much. It's definitely a mess. But sometimes it's the manias that you have the least expectations for that end up being great. 31, I don't think had a great build. Ended up being one of the, like I said in that article, the greatest installment of the modern era. So again, I don't think this will be that because there's no fans there to kind of really give it the, you know, the feeling of specialness that it needs. I mean, it doesn't feel like Mania season. I get it, but I'm still looking forward to it. They, I thought they did a hell of a job on Raw on Monday of getting me excited for the show. You know, the only positive coming out of all this, out of all this coronavirus shit, is that it's forced WWE to emphasize the promos more. Taker's promo, yeah, awesome. Becky's promo. 
awesome. Uh, Paul Heyman's promo, awesome. Edge's Edge. promo, great. Owens, great. Like, Boy, a lot yeah. of great promos last night. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do on Sunday. It could be a shit show. It could be awful. It could be great. Who knows? Saturday and Sunday. So I'm looking forward to celebrating two days in a row as opposed to staying up till fucking midnight on Sunday. So <laughs> if, if nothing else, there is a positive in that as well. Um. Yeah, man. So I can't wait. You know, I'll be watching... It's going to be, I, I'm watching because it's going to be more interesting to see how the layout is. I know it's, it's in the PC, but just how it'll look different from a Raw SmackDown compared to a big WrestleMania show. Three hours on Saturday, three hours on Sunday. Who made events, who kicks off the show uh, remains to be seen, but I think it should be very interesting regardless for WrestleMania 36. And then they go to LA for WrestleMania 37 next year. Graham, uh, thank you, man. Always appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Um, again, you can follow Graham on Twitter. Great work for Bleacher Report and Daily DDT at, uh, at WrestleRant on Twitter. Myself at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Graham, my man, thank you. Of course, Randy, thank you. Enjoy WrestleMania weekend, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, man, take it easy. All right, adios. All right.